You may be seated. Go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 22. Si trajo su Biblia, vaya por favor a Isaías capítulo 22. Y vamos a, ahí espéreme un ratito. Ahorita llego. Just hang on there. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. And I will get there just in a few minutes. Uh, we are talking about letting uh, there be light. And this is going to be our series on Sundays. But this uh, Wednesday night, uh, maybe next Wednesday night, depending on how the Lord leads, I want to give you a little head start on the new year. And uh, I believe the Lord has put some things on my heart that he is saying to the church uh, for this coming season, this coming year. And I want to give you just a little head start so that when you and I enter the new year, we will be knowing what we're looking for. Is that all right? Uh, vamos a hablar esta noche un poco sobre algunas cosas que yo siento que el Señor está diciendo a la iglesia para este próximo año, el año 2016. Normalmente yo no hablaría de esto hasta que entrar el año. Pero ahora quiero darles un poco de un arranque para que ya cuando llegue el año ya sabemos lo que estamos buscando. I'm, so I'm, I'm giving you a head start because when 2016 rolls in, I want us to start running. All right, I want us to know where we're headed. And so I'm just going to give you kind of some big picture things tonight. Les voy a dar algo de un poco de una... Un vistazo grande y el próximo, la próxima semana, si Dios quiere, hablamos de unas cosas más específicas. But uh, as I have been praying and, and thinking about uh, this, the Lord kept bringing this text to mind, Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. Mientras yo oraba sobre esto, en las semanas pasadas, el Señor traía esto a mi corazón, a mi, a mi memoria. It's a prophetic Messianic text is un, um, uh, un, uh, un texto messianico that refers to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Se refería a el advento o la venida del Señor Jesucristo. And so it's very appropriate as we read it in this Advent season to hear what the word of the Lord says concerning Christ. It says, Then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder, and when he opens... No one will shut. And when he shuts, no one will open. And I will drive him like a peg in a firm place, and he will become a throne of glory to his father's house. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, if you could, J.D., put that in Spanish, please, so I can read it. This is, uh, there's so much there, I wish I could preach it, but I didn't come to preach, so I'm just going to... Uh, Go over it a little. Dice, Y pondré la llave de la casa de David sobre su hombro, y abrirá y nadie cerrará. Esto se refiere a Cristo. Cerrará y nadie abrirá. Y e in, Alguien ayúdeme. In, incaré como un clavo. In, Incarelo como un clavo en lugar firme y será por asiento de honra a la casa de su padre. Uh, I want to uh, talk about tonight a peg in a firm place. Quiero hablar esta noche sobre un clavo hincado. ¿Cuántos carpinteros hay aquí? ¿Saben lo que es un clavo hincado? Uh, anybody here as a carpenter knows what a, a uh, well, I don't know what a clavo hincado would be in Spanish, but a carpenter once explained to me that if you want a nail to be driven in in a form that it can never be pulled out, it's nailed in just such a fashion that when it goes in, it actually bends. Uh, I've never been able to do that, but uh, somebody out there knows how to do that. And when, when the prophet Isaiah talks about Jesus, he talks about Jesus as being a peg in a firm place. 
Cuando el profeta Isaías habla de Jesús, él habla de un clavo hincado. Un carpintero una vez me explicó que un clavo hincado es cuando uno quiere clavar un clavo para que jamás se pueda retirar. Lo clava de tal manera que el clavo se hinca en la madera para que ya no se pueda sacar. Y estas son las expresiones de Isaías sobre el Mesías. Isaiah speaks of Jesus and he says, Jesus will be the kind of nail that you will never be able to get out. Habla de Jesús diciendo, Jesús será como un clavo hincado. Nadie lo podrá sacar. That sounds like a good Jesus. He is an immovable Jesus. Es un Jesús inmovible. And if you read the text there, we're talking about the authority that God would give to his son. El texto ahí habla de la autoridad que Dios daría a su hijo. He said that he would set upon his shoulder. Whenever the Bible refers to shoulders, referring to authority. Cuando la, habla, la Biblia habla de hombros, está hablando de autoridad. Pondré sobre su hombro la autoridad. La llave de la casa de David. Esa llave refiere a autoridad. I will put upon his shoulder the key of David. He's speaking of authority, saying, I'm going to give him authority as a king. Le voy a dar autoridad como un rey. In the nation of Israel, there were three offices. The office of the prophet, the priest, and the king. En la nación de Israel había tres uh, oficios oficiales, uh, o, o tres oficiales que eran el profeta, el sacerdote, y el rey. No one ever held all three offices until Jesus came. Jamás nadie tuvo las tres, uh, los tres oficios hasta que llegó Jesús. Jesus In his earthly ministry was a prophet. He spoke the word of God. On the cross he became our priest. And he offered up his own blood in, in redemption for the sins of the world. And when we see him again we're going to see him as our king. He is the prophet, the priest, and the king. Jesús cuando vino en su ministerio terrenal era profeta hablando la palabra de Dios. En su, um, en su cruz él fue nuestro sacerdote quien dio por, con su propia sangre uh, nuestra redención y cuando él regrese lo veremos como un rey. I want you to know this king will be like a, a peg in a firm place. Este, este rey será como un clavo en clavo, hincado. Nadie lo podrá sacar. Jesus will never be impeached. He'll never be up for election. He'll never be up for a vote of confidence. He will always be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesús jamás será movido. Yeah, go ahead and give God praise for that. I'm not talking about Barack Obama. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, the year that's coming in, in Hebrew numbers have numerical value or have alphabetical value and letters have numerical value. En el calendario o en la, el alfabeto uh, hebreo, cada letra tiene un número asociada con ello y cada número tiene una, un valor uh, en el alfabeto. And when I started to study what uh, this year is about, 2016, It actually, the year in Hebrew means a peg in a firm place. Este año que viene en el hebreo significa un clavo hincado. Y yo, yo creo que eso me lo enseñó el Señor para confirmar lo que ya me había dicho. Que Él iba a hacer cosas en este año que viene, que va a establecer cosas. Firmes. And I believe what God is saying to us, as he, he confirmed it through that study, was that he's going to do things in this coming year. He's going to establish things. He's going to nail some things down. Dios va a clavar algunas cosas al piso en este año que viene. How many of you have dealt with some instability? ¿Cuántos han tenido instabilidad? Well, I believe this coming year is a season where God wants to bring stability into your life. 
Este año para algunos ha sido un año de mucha instabilidad. Pero yo creo que Dios quiere darnos en este año que viene estabilidad. And so if you, if you have been unstable, I want you to start praying and saying, Lord, I believe 2016 is going to be my year for stability. Si usted ha tenido mucha instabilidad en este año que viene, yo quiero que usted comience a orar desde ahorita, Señor. Yo quiero en este año que entre a mi vida la estabilidad. Now, I started praying about this weeks ago because we had a period of time here at the church where in a two-month period we had eight funerals. You guys remember that? And I started saying, Lord, we've had enough funerals. Let's have some weddings or baby dedications or baptisms, something else. But uh, too much loss. And I started to ask myself, or ask the Lord, what is going on here? Why are things just seem to be changing? Things are getting stirred up. Things, things, uh, there seems to be a lot of transition going on. And I believe the Lord was... Um, would would indicate to us that every time there's coming a new level of stability, it is preceded by an upset. It's preceded by things changing. This church, and you you bear witness to this because this church went a long time on a very stable place. But then God said, I want to take it higher. Esta iglesia pasó por muchos años de mucha estabilidad. Y nos acomodamos con la estabilidad. We get comfortable. Pero luego dice el Señor, te quiero llevar más alto. So, in order to go higher, things had to get loosened up. Shaken up. Shifted. Para, para ir a otro nivel, las cosas tienen que cambiar. Tienen que ser sacudidas un poco. Y lo que antes iba ahí, ya no va ahí, porque ahora algo más va a ir ahí. What was there before isn't going to go there anymore because something new is going to be built in its place. And he's saying to us, I'm about to take you to a, a new plane. But you've had to go through this process to get there. Now, this is true for a church. It's true for life. If you, if you wake up tomorrow morning and decide, I'm going to go back to school, you're going to go to a new level now, right? But what's that going to cause in your life? Shake up. I can't drive you to school anymore. I have to go to school. So we're going to have to get somebody to drive you to school. You're going to have to walk or we're going to have to get you a bicycle, right? And, and I'm not going to be able to spend this money on this anymore. Now I'm going to have to spend money on school. And now instead of staying up watching TV, I'm going to have to do some homework. So all kinds of things start changing. Why? Because I'm going to another level. You know what? We make the mistake sometimes of thinking when things are changing, it must be bad. But it's not necessarily bad. It's just that you're making room for something new. Si usted decide, yo voy a ir a la universidad, voy a regresar a la escuela, ¿qué va a pasar en su vida? Va a haber muchos cambios. Usted va a cambiar su agenda, va a cambiar sus prioridades, va a cambiar la forma que usted pasa el tiempo, ya no va a ver la televisión, va a ser tarea. Ya no va a gastar el dinero en, en cualquier cosa, ahora va a gastar el dinero en, en pagar su, su uh, cota en, li, en la escuela hay cambios porque usted va a otro nivel si usted hoy decide casarse van a haber cambios you decide to get married today guess what it's going to be changes some of you uh, maybe you can remember you've been, uh, been a Christian for so long some of you have just started your Christian walk but you decide to follow Christ and from that moment on peaches right hunkadori everything is awesome Is that right? No, you decide to follow Christ and all kinds of things happen. Uh, you, you, you knew what I wanted to say, but I'm not going to say it. Right? Something broke loose in your life. Usted decidió seguir a Cristo y qué pasó en su vida? 
todo iba bien. De repente, usted escoge seguir a Cristo, las cosas comienzan a cambiar, and you start thinking, man, I thought being a Christian meant everything was going to be great. It's going to be great after a little while, right? But right now, you are breaking loose of some things. Some things are changing. People you used to hang out with, you don't hang out with anymore, and they're still calling, hey, what's going on? You're so different now. You lost your, your, your party, man. What's, what's happening? And you have to say, I, I'm not going to go down that route. And, and your life has begun to change. A day will come, I promise you this, and the, those who have been walking with the Lord long enough, you, will, you can say amen to this. A day will come when things will be stable. But if you just started, hang on for dear life and watch God. Watch him work. Si usted, si usted empezó a recién a ser cristiano, le voy a prometer que un día va a haber estabilidad. Pero ahora agárrese, aférrese y no se suelte porque el camino por un ratito es de cambio. Pero usted jamás va a decir mejor prefiero estar donde estaba. You'll never want to say, I'd rather be where I was when Jesus found me than where he's taken me. Somebody say amen. amen. And just like the day when you graduate from college, you'll never say, man, I should have stayed at that level I was at before. So the level that you're going to is worth it. And I believe God is saying to some people, some of us who've been going through a lot of a lot, he's saying, I'm about to take you to a place of stability. I'm going to nail some things down. I expect to see in this coming year people that have been in, out, in, out, 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 in, in, out, 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 in, in, out, in, out, in, out. They're going to become in, 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 and they're going to become powerful servants of God. Somebody ought to agree with me tonight. Because those in and outs are your family, your friends, your husbands, your wives, your cousins, your nieces, your nephews, and they need some stability. Yo espero ver en este año nuevo que va a haber personas que están fuera adentro, fuera adentro. Sí, no, sí, no, que se van a afirmar a, a servir a Dios. All right. Are you ready for this? Go to Isaiah 54. Isaías 54, versos 2 y 3. Now, here's what I need to say this while you go there. Necesito decir esto mientras usted encuentra esto. I've been asking the Lord about this, and I, I feel like he's been teaching me something here. I asked the Lord this question. How many of you asked the Lord good questions? Not like, Lord, why did it have to... Why did I have to wake up today? Right, but like significant questions. I asked the Lord, Lord, are the seasons in our life mostly depending on you or are they depending on us? Is that a good question? How many of you would like to know the answer? I'm still working on it. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you where I'm at right now. But that's a good question, isn't it? Because we go through seasons, and I don't mean fall, winter, spring, but I mean we go through seasons when our life sometimes is ups, sometimes it's downs, sometimes it's struggle, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it feels like springtime, everything's blooming, sometimes it feels like winter, you can't get anything to grow. We've all, we all go through seasons, and seasons are natural. Hay en la vida etapas, épocas. Y yo le estaba preguntando al Señor, Señor, ¿las, ¿las épocas de la vida son determinadas por usted o por el cristiano, por nosotros? In other words, can I affect my season? ¿Podré yo afectar la época de mi vida? And this is what I think, I think he's been teaching me. Number one, this has nothing to do with Isaiah 54. I'll get there in a second. Um, is that there are some seasons that he chooses and you will go through them no matter what. Because he's going to teach you something through them. 
Esto es lo que yo creo que Él es, me está enseñando, que las épocas, hay épocas en nuestra vida que Él escoge. Una época de tu vida que Él escoge para que aprendas, para que crezcas. And I'll give you an example in my life. The, the, the two-year period between my mother's death and my father's death were a season. And when my father passed, instead of, this is the strangest thing, but instead of entering into another season of mourning, a season of mourning ended. I don't know why. But that was a divine time period when God said, all right, you're done mourning. And now, in the natural world, that should have been the beginning of a new season of mourning. But he had set that season for me to learn and discover some things. And I noticed immediately in my spirit when the season changed. Para mí, por ejemplo, en mi vida, dos años entre la muerte de mi mamá y la muerte de mi padre. Fueron una época de tiempo que Dios escogió. There was nothing I could do in that two-year period that could change that season. I couldn't shorten that season, but there was a lot I could do about how I reacted to that season. So when you're in that kind of season, you have to start asking questions like, not why me, Lord, but what, Lord? What do I learn from this? What do you want to produce in me? Cuando usted entra a una época como esa, usted debe estar preguntando, ¿qué, Señor? No por qué, pero qué. ¿Qué quieres que yo aprenda de esto? ¿Cómo quieres que yo crezca a través de esto? All right, but then there are seasons that you and I choose. Hay épocas que usted y yo las escogemos. I'll give you an example. If you want a season of harvest, somebody say amen. You're going to have to have a season of sowing. Si usted quiere una época de cosecha, va a tener que tener una época de siembra. So you can't just stand out there and say, when will my harvest season come? I never get a harvest. Usted no puede pararse y decir, ¿cuándo va a llegar la cosecha? Espere y espere y la cosecha y no llega. Si usted no ha sembrado, no tiene derecho a esperar cosecha. If you, if you have not sown, you have no right to expect a harvest. But if you have sown, put a smile on your face because give it some time, there will be a harvest. This law has been in nature since God created the world. Genesis says he created seed, time, and harvest. We don't like the time part, right? But he says seed, time, harvest. Dios ha puesto en la naturaleza un principio. La siembra, el tiempo, la cosecha. Siembra, tiempo, cosecha. Si usted siembra, tiene que esperar un tiempo. Luego viene la cosecha. Si usted no siembra, va a esperar todo el tiempo. So, if you want a season where you're harvesting love, guess what? Guess what? Start sowing love. Start sowing love. I wrote this in my notes some time ago. Now is the seed of next. Now that's not original to me. I don't know where I learned it, but it's still true. Now is the seed of next. Ahora es la semilla para lo que viene después. So what you're sowing now, you're going to reap later. And the seasons of our life are determined in this by what we do, by what we sow. They're determined by our faith. In August, listen now, in August, the Lord 
moved on us to have a 21-day shift. How many of you remember that? And then we had, this was, we had a, a, a 21-day fast and prayer, and, and then people started dying. Lord, Lord, now really. We just had a 21-day shift, and now we have seven or eight funerals back to back. But then the season shifted. Seed, time, harvest. And if you if you knew what happened in this church in November, you would see that we had more than 20 people give their life to Christ in a four-week period. Come on now. I thought, uh, you know, the Bible said that the heavens rejoice, so you and I should rejoice. <laughs> Seed, time, harvest. So we literally were able, because we put our faith to work, to bring a shift into our atmosphere. And I believe most of the time it's not us waiting on God. God is waiting on us. He's already given us what he wants done. And it's up to us to get in line with what he's saying. So that's where I'm at with seasons right now. If you are in a season you don't like, start sowing the season you do want. Si usted está en una época que no, no le gusta, comience a sembrar la que sí quiere. Si quiere amor, siembre amor. Quiere paz, siembre paz. Quiere uh, recurso financiero, siembre recurso financiero. Y dele tiempo y la cosecha va a venir. All right, back to the, back to the outline here. Isaiah 54. Is that going to help anybody? hope so. So you can change your season. I just want you to know that. There are some seasons that you can change. Some of you changed your season in the last couple of weeks because you decided to declare war on the poverty spirit. And that changed your season. And if you haven't done it yet, you need to. I've spoken to people who became, who became aware of the poverty spirit, that they had a poverty mentality. They started attacking that thing, and now they're seeing change. They literally, by changing their mind, changed their season. They got in agreement with God. Hay personas que en, en semanas pasadas realizaron que tenían un espíritu de pobreza, comenzaron a cambiar la forma de pensar, y ahora... Me están dando razón que las cosas van cambiando en su vida. ¿Por qué? Porque se pusieron de acuerdo con Dios y cambiaron la época de su vida. So in a year, if you still have a poverty spirit, don't say, I wish I had a better preacher. <laughs> Maybe I need a different church. No, you need to do what you know how to do. What you've been taught to do. So guess what? On January 1st, I'm already looking for stability. If that's what God said, I'm looking for it. Back in July, he said I will do twice as much second half of the year as in the first. So guess what I've been doing for the last six months? I'm looking for my half. I'm you see, but if you leave here and you say, well, pastor talked about 2016, but I don't really know. Okay, then you just have whatever you have now. You just keep car carrying it into next year. But that'll be you. Enlarge the place of your tent. Tell your neighbor, expand. Ensancha el lugar de tu tienda. This is not a, a verse about eating a lot in the holidays, okay? Este, este verso no habla de comer mucho en las fiestas. En Sancha. 
Enlarge the place of your tent. Listen, did God say, I will enlarge the place of your tent? What did he say? Enlarge the place of the tent. Say, Pastor, he's talking to me. Some of you didn't say that, so I'm going to give you another shot. You didn't want to agree, but you're going to have to agree. Say, Pastor, he's talking to me. Enlarge the place of your tent. In other words, look at where you want to go and make room. Ensancha. Él no dice, yo ensancharé el lugar de tu tienda. Él dice, tú ensancha el lugar de tu tienda. Usted tiene que decir, él me está hablando a mí. Yo tengo que ensanchar el lugar de mi tienda. Yo tengo que ver qué es lo que Dios va a hacer en mi vida y comenzar a hacer lugar para eso. Yo tengo que ponerme de acuerdo con Dios. If God says, I'm going to give you a brand new car. The good thing to do would be to go and clean out your garage and make room. That's what faith would do. Si el Señor te dice, yo te voy a dar un carro nuevo, la fe dice, yo voy a ir a limpiar el, el garaje para que quepa el carro nuevo. If the Lord says, I'm going to use you in the nations, what should faith do? Get a passport. Si el Señor te dice, yo te voy a usar en las naciones, ¿qué hace la fe? Va y se compra un pasaporte. What is God telling you? Start making room for it. He started telling me some time ago that I needed to write. But guess what I've been doing? Writing. I used to think about writing. But now, if I want to actually go to that next level, I have to prepare. Is anybody listening tonight? So, enlarge the place of your tent. Ensanche el lugar de tu tienda. The moment this new year comes in, I know right now you're just trying to get over 2015, but when the January 1st, I want you to look out over and say, that's where God's taking us. Debt freedom. A college degree. Better health. I'm going to give twice as much in 2016 as I gave in 2015. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says that when David, this is a beautiful expression, when David wa was made king, he was made king over only part of the land of Israel, over Judah. But he had been promised by God that he would be king over all of Israel. So he went and he took his shoe off. And this is an old uh, custom. He, would, he took his shoe off and he threw it on the region that he was claiming. And he says in Psalm 108, over Philistia, I have thrown my shoe. So take your shoe off and as soon as 2016 comes in, throw it somewhere. Stake a claim. Come on, somebody. Enlarge the place of your tent. David dice, sobre Filistia, yo he tirado mi calzado, diciendo, yo he, yo he proclamado eso que Dios me prometió a mí. No lo tengo todavía, pero yo lo estoy proclamando. Así que, por la fe, el momento que llegue este año nuevo, usted ya comience a pensar, ¿qué es lo que Dios me ha prometido ¿Cuál es la, es la forma que Él me lo va a dar? Y comience a, a hacer lugar para que Dios lo haga en nuestra vida. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. What do the last two words say? Say what? Come on. Spare not. En Sancha. Oh, uh, Spanish, please. Para, para decirlo bien. Ensalcha el sitio de tu cabaña y las cortinas de tu tienda sean extendidas. No seas escasa. When we, when we renovated the sanctuary, we rebuilt this altar. Now, I can't show it to you now, but there's a picture of it. I, I took a stone, 
and I wrote the, these verses on that stone. And it's right under the pulpit. And every morning when I stand there to preach on Sunday, I believe what God said, spare not. Don't limit me. I wish there was some faith at church tonight. <laughs> what do you say? Spare not. Say it with me. Spare not. You know what sparing means? It means I'm only going to go this far because I may not have enough or it may not, God may not bless me that way or I may not, it may not be what I hope. Uh, el escatimar, esa es una palabra que se usa ahí. No escatime, no, no reduzcas a Dios y dice, no, no voy a hacer esto, voy a hacer nomás esto. No, él dice, uh, no, no se escasa, extiende tu fe. Y bajo de esta plataforma, cuando la renovamos sobre una piedra, yo escribí esto, este, estos versos, porque yo le creí a Dios cuando Él me dijo que esta renovación solo sería el examen para a ver si podíamos lograr lo que Él iba a hacer en este lugar. You see, why did I put that stone there? Because I believed the Lord when He said, Isaac, the renovation of this sanctuary is only the test to see whether or not you can handle where I'm taking you. I think he gave us an A+. Plus. But this is no time to start sparing. Spare not in your witness. Spare not in your, in your prayer life. Spare not in your giving. No escatimes en tu, en tu dar, en tus ofrendas, en las oraciones, en, en tu estudio bíblico. Dale todo lo que te, tienes. Tell your neighbor, give it all you've got. What's going to happen when you get to heaven and you're spared? I had some left over. ¿Qué va a pasar cuando lleguemos al cielo y no hemos usado lo que Dios nos dio porque estábamos ahorrándolo. Entonces dice, úsalo. All right, here's where we're going. Is 2016 looking hopeful to you? Yes. All right, good. You know what I was afraid of? I thought, you know what? Six, it's the number of man. The Antichrist is going to appear in this near. <laughs> But God had better news for me. Praise the Lord. Guess what? Even if the Antichrist shows up next year, guess where we'll be? Come on, church. Where will we be? We'll be in the presence of Jesus. I, I don't know where the church is tonight. They're taking a break. Lengthen your cords and do what? What does it say? Strengthen Your pegs. Spanish, please. And alarga tus cuerdas y fortalezca o fortifica tus estacas. I grew up around uh, tent preachers. Ever met a tent preacher? They're special people. <laughs> Tent preachers are like the circus, but for Christians. <laughs> They have a special dynamite about them. And my uncles were tent preachers. And there would come word, there's a storm coming. The tent is up. And dad would drag us out there, and we would start... Shoring up the tent, tightening all the cords, and driving in the pegs, making sure they were firm. So that when the wind came, the storm came, those pegs would hold on. And now, if God is saying, I'm going to make you a firm peg, 
hold on. Because there's going to be a shakeup in the world. But while there's shakeup in the world, there's going to be stability in the church. And he's telling us, strengthen your pegs. He didn't say, I will strengthen them. He said, you strengthen them. Dice, fortalezca, fortifica las estacas. Cuando yo era niño, mis tíos eran predicadores en carpa. Subían una gran carpa y la armaban, pero cuando venía una tempestad, salíamos a, a clavar las estacas, a fortificarlas, porque iba a venir una tormenta. Va, van a venir vientos que van a sacudir al mundo en este próximo año. Pero mientras el mundo es sacudido, en la iglesia va a haber estabilidad. Entonces el Señor dice, fortifica tus estacas. Fortify your pegs. Strengthen your, your pegs. What are your pegs? Your prayer life. Your life in the word. Your life in the, in the house of God. Fortifica tus estacas. Es tu vida de oración. Tu fe. Tu, tu estudio bíblico. El venir a la casa de Dios. Tienes que estar fortificando esas cosas. Strengthen those things. Build up your faith. Stability comes as you do those things. Learn to hear God's voice. Aprende a oír la voz de Dios y estate oyendo, atento a lo que Él te está diciendo. Fortifica your life of obedience. Are you obedient to God? Are you obedient quickly? If not, it's time to fortify that, to strengthen that. Si usted no es una persona que obedece a Dios rápidamente, es tiempo de cambiar eso, fortifica eso, porque eso es lo que va a traer estabilidad a tu vida. Eso es lo que va a traer esa, 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 ese poder para estar estable cuando todo el mundo está, se está cayendo. Porque va a haber una fuerza que viene de parte de Dios. He's taking us, this text tells us two things. There's going to be a new level. You're going somewhere you haven't gone before. But there's something you have to do here. If you don't have a prayer life, You better get one soon. It's time to talk to God. If you don't have a life in the word outside of coming to church, you need to get one real quick. Because days are coming for this nation and for the world where it's going to be the church that, that has the stability. And that stability doesn't come from us. It comes from the word of God. It comes from the presence of God. Be faithful in church attendance. I want you to make up your mind next year, 52 Sundays in church. Pastor, that's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you think. Make up your mind. 52 Sundays in church. If I'm out of town, I'm going to church. You're so quiet tonight. Because that is a, a peg God wants to establish firm in your life. How many of you God, know God speaks to you at church? Has he been speaking to you at church? Yeah, so it, it always happens that the people who don't, don't come to hear what God is saying are the ones who need to hear it most. But you don't miss it. Say 52. All right, you heard him, Lord. <laughs> I tricked you into covenant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, I want you to make up your mind. You know what I was reading today? It says the Lord blessed Abraham because he knew that he would cause his family to follow him. Let's start thinking about that. Abraham, God blessed him because he knew that Abraham 
would make his family serve the Lord. Now, you can't make your children come to church. or you, you can make them come to church. You can't make them a Christian, but you can make them come to church. And expose them to the word of God. Expose them to the presence of God. I don't know what, what's happening in the church today. People think, oh, just, I'll let them choose. What do you think the flesh is going to choose? Dice la palabra del Señor que Dios dijo de Abraham, yo lo bendeciré porque él hará que sus hijos me obedezcan. Y eso me dio a entender que Abraham está determinado a servir a Dios y que su familia le iba a servir. Usted no puede salvar a sus hijos, pero sí los puede traer a la iglesia. Y exponerlos a la presencia de Dios. We grew up in a preacher's home. We, we have what we call a drug problem. We got drugged to church. <laughs> you guys have a different kind of drug problem. Some of you had, but that was our drug problem. Y ahora muchos dicen, no, que escoja él si quiere ir o no. Que escoja si quiere servir a Dios o no. ¿Qué va a decidir la carne? Me quedo en la casa. So strengthen your pegs. And strengthen the pegs of your children. Fortifica las estacas de tus hijos. All right, I'm going to close with this. You can call the children back, please. Go to the book of Judges. Jueces capítulo 4, verso 22. We'll pick up here again next, next time. This is a man's story that I'm about to read to you right now, but it was, it was done by a woman, okay? So just hold, hold on to your socks because it's going to be a little bit uh, violent. <laughs> I love the book of Judges because it is violent. Who needs action movies when you can read the book of Judges? The guys are going to go home and read Judges tonight. What is Pastor talking about? Aquí vamos a leer un acto de violencia, pero es algo que lo hizo una mujer. Para que sepan. Brother Josh, if you could come, please. You ready? Well, let me just give you this, this story here. The, the enemy of Israel is now being pursued. He's, he's running away from the judge of Israel. El enemigo de Israel está corriendo, está huyendo por su vida de el juez de Israel y va para esconderse a la casa de una mujer. He goes to hide out at a house, a tent, it says. And behold, as Barak pursued, this is verse 22, Judges 4.22. Behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. Now, listen, Sisera was the woman in the house. And Jael was the, the man who was, I'm sorry, Cicero was the man that was being pursued. Jael was the woman. And Jael comes into the house and says, hey, you know, I just wanted to come by for a visit. He's trying to deceive the woman into hiding him while the army comes around looking for him. Él se mete a esta casa y le dice a la mujer, mira, te vine a visitar. Uh, y él pensaba que ella lo iba a esconder. And she said, gotta love a woman, right? She said, let me give you some warm milk so you can take a nap. And he thought, I am covered. Ella le dijo, le voy a dar una lechecita para que se duerma. Y aquel hombre se quedó bien dormido. Roncando, sin duda. Imagine he was snoring. 
The Bible says that Jael went over and she took a tent peg. And she nailed his head to the ground. I told you it was bloody. A woman did this. Keep in mind. Ella tomó una estaca y le clavó la cabeza al enemigo al piso. And she said when, when Barak came, the judge of Israel, she said, look at the enemy of Israel. I nailed him to the ground. Listen, are there some godly women in the house? This is for men and love as women, but I believe God is going to give us some spiritual warfare victories in the coming year that will leave us in absolute awe. Come on, somebody give God praise. If you want to agree with that, stand on your feet. She nailed that enemy to the ground. Ella clavó a ese enemigo al piso. Porque Jehová le había dado a ella la victoria. God had given her the victory. I want you to start right now, just right now in your spirit, claiming your victories. God is going to nail our enemy to the ground. He's going to make a spectacle of him. That thing that's been chasing you, that thing that has been uh, assailing you, that thing that has been trying to destroy your marriage, destroy your mind, destroy your peace, destroy your emotions, God has given us victory in Christ. You see, friend, the cross is the peg. The cross is the peg of stability. The cross is the peg of stability. I said the cross is the peg of stability. En la cruz la estaca de la estabilidad. Y por ella veremos victoria.